mentality rise and you know they're going with them to every ball there. This is Come On Kind with Martin Quilty and Onya Fahey. Welcome once again to Come On Kind, the Camogie podcast here on KCLR 96FM with myself, Martin Quilty and... And I'm Anya Fahey. We are going to be joined this shortly, very shortly indeed, by the under-16 manager Jim Smith to talk about the fantastic victory that uh, Kilkenny had against Dublin yesterday in the Leinster Championship. We'll be discussing the Kilkenny Division 2 side against Wexford in their quarter-final later on. We will also be discussing the upcoming Leinster Championships and a bit of news on Camogie front as well then in relation to sponsorship and a new sponsor for the... Camogie All-Ireland mm-hmm. series as well that was announced today but first of all if I push this button here I should be joined on the line by Jim Smith the Kilkenny under 16 manager Jim you're very welcome in to come on kind Thanks very much Mark uh, I suppose it's a, a bit of a novelty for us that we haven't had a chance to speak to yourself yet it was your first outing in the under 16s against Dublin yesterday and you had a comprehensive victory um, against the Dublin outfit so I suppose give us your overall uh, view of what happened yesterday in the uh, National Games development Centre up in Abbottstown. Yeah, we, we weren't sure what to expect, Martin, to be honest with you, because we'd done a small bit of research on them, and the little bit of research we had told us that Dublin considered themselves to have a, quite a strong panel this year. So we went up, uh, and, and I guess the message to the girls was that, that we had to lay down a marker, um, the players to lay down a marker for, for, the, for the months to come. Um, so we went up there knowing a small bit, but um, with, with knowing that it would take a, a big performance to, uh, uh, to, to to get a result. Yeah, and it was great to see even because I have to thank Noel Murphy from We Are Dublin who sent me on all of the information with the scores and the whole lot um, because we were in uh, Wexford and Glenbarrentown yesterday. But it was great to see that the whole of the six of the starting full forward line yesterday all got on the scoreboard and it was magnificent. I think it was 6.22 um, was the total in the end for yourself. Like That's a phenomenal amount of scoring, Jim. Um, the final, the, our score at the end was four, uh, four thirteen, uh, Martin. So, Sorry, put it the wrong way uh, around. Yeah, four thirteen. Yes, four thirteen. Yeah, um, it was. Well, I think it was the Wexford game went to six twenty two. Was it? Uh, could have been that I was looking at something with 622 yeah. yeah but no yeah you're dead right yeah 413 to 2-3 uh, was your final score which is 25 points to 9 but yeah still all six forwards got on the scoring sheet um, which was great and must be uh, pleasing for yourselves to be able to, to have a forward line like that that's able to score yeah very much so very much so we, we it was a bit sort of t- uh, back and forth for the first few minutes there was no score for about 3 minutes and then Almost in three minutes. Then after that, we we got two two. Um, Kira Dunn caught a great ball, very low down, and, and turned her her, her marker very very uh, neatly and popped it into Ashton Brown, who got the first couple of scores. So um, once once they started um, getting the scores on the board, um, they just kept just kept it up, and they were relentless. They really yeah. were relentless, and and uh, I think in the first fifteen minutes. All the full forward line had scored, and then in the second 15 minutes of, of we say the second quarter, um, all of the half forwards had scored. So um, it was really a, a great. It just shows the the, the breadth of of, of uh, talent that we have at our disposal for in the forwards for for this year. Because uh, for them all, usually you have a few players who do a lot of the work and 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 uh, lay the ball off or do a lot of the groundwork for those to finish off. But 
all of them all of them did both to be honest um Kira as I said set it up for Ashling and and then I think it was it was Ashling then set it up for Julie Lennon who got a goal as well so um very pleasing to get that and we we had a by half time we had we up to about the, the 30 the 29th minute we had held them scoreless and they got a bit of uh, pressure on us in the just in the last few minutes the last few seconds of the of the first half and they got a Really, a really a, a scratchy old goal. So um, going in at, at, at half time, we we had an idea that pretty much we had. I think we had four. We had four, eight or four nine on the board. To yeah, four, four nine to a point. Goal, yeah, so. you, had, you had an eighteen point lead yeah. at half time, which was phenomenal. Like yeah. most of the damage was done with yourselves yeah. in the first half. It was. It was done, and and there was a bit of a breeze there uh, with us for the first half. And, we didn't feel that until on ourselves until we went out on the field at halftime with, with, with the players. And, and you, there was quite a strong breeze going and would have been against us in the second half. So hence the sort of the, the slowdown in the, in the scores that we got. Um, so, uh, but no, overall, I think really we, we said to him we wanted two things really. So all of us to lay down a marker for what to expect from ourselves for the rest of the year. And secondly, it was to, to put in an honest performance. And uh, I think we got that in spades, really, from, from them all, to be fair. And we, we also had the chance in the second half, we had the comfort of the second half of being, of, of being able to bring on uh, our full complement of five subs. So we could, we could do a few things there, with, given some girls the rest who had been maybe involved in, in college, secondary school colleges and uh, who had done a lot of hurling over the past number of weeks. Yeah, so and we had a chance to, to, to uh, use the full complement of 20 players available to us. Which is great. And as I was just about to say, is you have 17 clubs represented on the A panel as well, which is a vast, wide array of clubs to be represented. You have two teams, obviously, Jim. The B team had a boy uh, last weekend. That's all going to be different for this coming weekend. It's going to be a double header in Thomastown on Sunday next with the B team uh, at home to Carlo at one o'clock and the uh, A team then have a home game against Wexford. Um, so I suppose for yourself, the, the logistics of having the, the two teams, I know you have a good backroom team behind you in that, but uh, what way are you looking at the, the, the Leinster Championship? Is it to try out the players for the upcoming All-Ireland series? Because as people might know, your championship with Leinster is obviously first with Provincial before the All-Ireland. It's a bit different to the minor. Um, so what way are, exactly are we looking, uh, say, towards the, the Leinster Championship? Yeah, it's it's very much a case of of eyes focused on on well on, on July absolutely because that's not Ireland. But but uh, the Leinster is going to be extremely important for us. Number one, it will give us a chance to see what we have. We've had a few challenge matches today against Tip and against Clare and against Limerick, but really we hadn't girls available to us because of colleges and we haven't girls available because of other sports. So really, I think Dublin yesterday was the first time that we had almost a full complement of our panel of twenty six. Um, so Leinster will, will be very much getting over Dublin was, was a huge thing for us because as I said to you we didn't know what to expect and we had heard good reports so getting that kind of a, of a score, score up and victory over them is good now with the, the score that, that Wexford had put up against uh, put up against uh, Offaly yesterday um, we need to sit up and, and, and be aware of that because uh, that's a hell of a, of a score to put up um, so obviously Wexford has something to offer which you wouldn't you wouldn't expect any less from a, from 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 Wexford. So we have to uh, be on guard for for Sunday at three against Wexford in Thomastown, uh, because that kind of a score, as I said, has has got to be uh, has got can't be ignored. 
And Jim, first of all, congratulations at the weekend, kind of starting off your, your inter-county managerial career as a victory. For yourself, like, you know, how do you kind of see yourself going into the rest of the championship? Because, like, you know, you're obviously very new to this, you're very new to the inter-county scene, but it must give you great confidence going forward now. Oh, oh it does. And, and as, as Martin said earlier on, we've a, we've a great uh, group of people helping out with, with, with the players. Um, Tommy Farrell, who'll be well-experienced from the Heights, will be is looking after the, the other team, the B team, and and uh, we have we have Mark, they have um, Niall looking after the team with me for for the A's and and, and Jerry Egan and Jerry's doing a lot of work on the on the goalkeeping side of things, and Niall will be very very strong on the on the coaching side. So from that point of view, um, we've got a, a a good bunch of mentors there, and I'm I'm very happy with them. So um, the plan basically is is, is to is to uh, cut our teeth and on on the Leinster side of it, um, we are going to have to put up a, a big display again now on on uh, on Sunday against Wexford, and then the final game then will be Offaly in in a week a week later. Um, so I think as it, as it finishes out, the, the top two teams in our in our uh, table will go to uh, into a Leinster final. So um, the, obviously the, the the aim is to get to a Leinster final, and and then we have. One, uh, the first step is, has been made and hopefully the other two will, will, will come along uh, nicely after it. It'll be a great occasion, Jim, on Sunday to have the uh, the two teams as a double header. Obviously, with the good weather we've had recently, it helps to get pitches in good condition and not like we had uh, a short time ago with the um, the senior and intermediate that we couldn't have a double header, which is obviously because of weather constraints and that. But it must be great for the girls and I suppose you're hoping that a big crowd is going to turn up as well in Thomastown on Sunday to uh, to cheer on both the teams. Oh yeah, hopefully yeah, yeah. We're we're looking forward to that. It's great to have the home game, and the fact that the two the two uh, teams are playing at home the same weekend, um, the Trees Edward and and, and Hunston in in the on the county board worked hard for us in the past week to get the double header. So thankfully it's a, it's it's going ahead, and it has been approved by Leinster. So um, it's 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 good for the girls too because they've been playing together for the last few months, and they, like there's there's fifty five sixty of them, so they know each other very well at this stage. So. It'll be good to have, um, have both squads cheering on each other. Um, and uh, with, with the weather being as good as, uh, as it has been uh, and with the surface being good out in Thomastown, it should, it should lead for two cracking games. Yeah, it certainly would. We saw a small bit of the Wexford and Offaly under-16 game yesterday because obviously they were on after the intermediate game as well. And I have to say now they did look very, very sharp um, as well, like you were saying. But it's certainly a challenge that I'd say you're going to relish and look forward to at the weekend with the A-team playing Wexford. Again, just to reiterate, the B-team is at home against Carlo at 1 o'clock in Thomastown on Sunday. And the A-team will then follow on at 3 o'clock against Wexford in what... uh, Hopefully it will be a spectacular day of camogie uh, and great enjoyment and one that uh, hopefully, Jim, that we might be talking to you next Monday evening with uh, two victories uh, after next weekend's games. Hopefully, that's the plan, Martin. Yeah, absolutely. So, looking forward to that. Well, perfect. We're certainly looking forward to following your journey as well in the Leinster Championship and going forward, as Jim said, then into the All-Ireland Series in July as well. But Jim, thank you very much for joining us for your first and uh, not last, hopefully, uh, appearance with us here on Come On Kind and we look forward to speaking with you again. Thanks very much, Roger. Perfect. Thanks. That was Jim Smith, the under-16 manager with Kilkenny, and they getting off to a fantastic start 
over the weekend with victory over uh, Dublin on a final scoreline of it was uh, Kilkenny four goals and 13 points to Dublin's two goals and three points so a good start to the under-16 team, in fairness. And any day you go to the capital um, and you can beat Dublin, because uh, we didn't really know what the under-16s kind of had. They were new. You know, they only had the trials there just before Christmas, kind of only finalised the panel early January. So you don't really know. But they have a huge advantage compared to the minors had because they have the provincial series first and then they play the provincial and then go into the Ulearn series. So they can try stuff out in the provincial before they really have a settled team. Yeah, they certainly can. And I think, you know, the fact that obviously Jim coming in on board this year and the fact that he is very new to um, the inter-county scene, inter-management, um, nobody would have really known much about, you know, his kind of style of management or his style of play. But for the girls to be raking up 4-13 in their first game out and as you said, to have to go to Dublin, like that's by no means an easy feat at all. Dublin have always, you know, they've always been competitive at juvenile level all the time and you know I suppose that goes into the development that they're doing up there but yeah that's a, it's a massive massive result for Kilkenny it'll kind of I'd say set Jim and the lads will kind of give him a little bit of comfort now going into the next game and I suppose for them you know we spoke about it last week with Mick there's a massive difference in getting the real competitive games against other teams than there is having your in-house games as well but you know he's got a really good panel there as you said a vast array of clubs and I suppose that kind of comes in when you have a brand new management team they're kind of going in not blindsided but they don't know they don't know really all the teams from around so it's actually a really good thing I think that's a really positive thing that they're going in um, on a blank canvas and they're getting to know every player that puts them put themselves through a drill like they're not probably going for players that were there the year before and are still up to the age like so they probably did start started off on, on a whole new sheet so really good to see and you know delighted to hear that Kira Dunn was at the top of the attacking range I know she's going to be a massive player for Tullerone this year and you know yeah it's a really good start for Jim and I'm sure they're delighted Yep she got one point a vast array of clubs in the full forward line and it was great to see all of six score uh, forwards scoring. Mm-hmm. Julie Lennon getting one one. Julie, of course, from Young Ireland's. Casey Brennan from Conaghy Shamrocks getting three points. Mirren Gannon below in Munkine getting one one. The star of the show was probably Ashling Brown from Dixborough two three. Like what a start yeah. to your under sixteen career. Kira Dunn getting a point and Tara Roach then from St Martin's. Of course, the woman beside me here to the right will be very happy with that. She's always happy when St Martin's mm-hmm. do very well. But um, especially for girls so young like it's rare that you have the whole of our six forward scoring and to only I suppose keep Dublin to two scorers in the one in the half forward one in the full forward and one from wing back to three scorers all game mm-hmm. like it was it's phenomenal um, now we're not going to blow them out of the water yet it is yeah. only the first game of the, yeah. the under 16 Leinster championship like but it's a great way to start off for the year for them it certainly is and it's a great bit of confidence for these girls as well because like obviously they don't know the man like they uh, the management team is very new to them as well and I think that'll give the girls a lot of confidence going into the next day and you know we're always kind of harping on about it when we're doing the line commentary with you know the senior or the intermediates that we need the forward, we need all the forward scoring and you know, if you can, if your management team can walk off the field and a team can walk off the field at the end of the day and have an all six forward scoring, it'll be very very hard to beat a team if that's the case. And surely will. They, they were on fire, and you know that's this is seems to be a really good start for them. And hopefully they'll get a good result over Wexford. It's probably going to be a different kettle of fish, though. You know, you watched a bit of the under that match there. Wexford Camogie is really on a serious buzz at they the are. moment, yeah. and they're just they're really the momentum is currently with them. So you know, Kilkenny will have it all to do. It is a home venue for them, but. You you know, it will be another thrilling battle for them and, you know, another challenge for Jim and the lads and he's going to learn a lot more from that game as well. 
great to see a double header uh, yeah. in Thomastown next Sunday. Uh, the weather is not too bad. We, you know, we won't go too far into the week ahead of it. But like, that's an opportunity for a crowd to get out and support these girls mm-hmm. and get behind them and push them forward as well. Because if they could win against Wexford, they're almost guaranteed a knockout stage uh, game then because they have Offaly uh, in their final game for the A team. Um, it's a huge commitment though to have two teams back in the Leinster Championship. We obviously couldn't before with COVID and then we didn't have Leinster Championship mm-hmm. for a while. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of these girls, like it's their real first competitive uh, outings in a black and amber jersey you know okay that some of them might have played maybe at under 13 level before or under 14 you know they might have had one of the, the short blitzes or whatever yeah. but this is full on competition style going forward into an All-Ireland series you can't beat it and some of the nerves you know it's a great way to get rid of them as well It certainly is and I suppose like for the likes of under 16 you know you're probably talking potentially 60 girls that are going to be wearing Kilkenny jersey at that level this year which is great to see as well because you know often it can be quite hard to whittle down numbers to maybe you know 30 on a panel or whatever the case may be and I suppose this is going to help develop these girls like you know just because they're on a B team at under 16 level it doesn't necessarily mean they're not going to be on a minor A team or a senior team in the future Exactly, It keeps them interested it keeps developing and their skill as well so it's really good to see two teams that, that are being entered in the competition and some of them can obviously see the, what that can happen with mm-hmm. the, the minors because you have um, Eva Kavanagh and Katie Brennan both of them have sisters on the minor panel as yep. well and they're going to now go forward into the minor championship as well so the B team is out this weekend they have an away game against Westmeath mm-hmm. obviously after the, the loss to Galway um, and some of the players might not have been part of it now maybe all the panel was there on the day just to give support to the the a team and that but it's kind of a huge step down coming from an all-earned series and then playing in Leinster and that's no disrespect to the mm-hmm. Leinster Championship but yeah. really like the under-16s the provincial championships should be played first before the all-Ireland series in my opinion yeah. and that is just an opinion I know with constraints and you can't have it with maybe girls with smaller teams that they need mm-hmm. the minor players or whatever but surely something has to be looked around to be able to get this sorted out because it's very hard to get a girl to get themselves up for an All-Ireland series, mm-hmm. play in an All-Ireland semi-final, get defeated in it and go out the following week then and try and compete in a Leinster competition then as well. Yeah, like it is very tough and I suppose, and again, I don't want to be any way disrespectful towards the league versus championship or any of this comparison, but it does kind of feel like you're going from championship to back playing the league a week later and again, as I said, it's no disrespect, but we all know there is that extra bit of a step up when it comes to championship. Um, for a lot of those girls, I do feel like there probably still are going to be very deflated after the after the Galway game last weekend or two weekends ago or whatever it was and like it will be very tough for them it will be very tough for them for turnaround but I think the one thing about Kilkenny and a lot of these girls that are involved at minor level it, they have really good character and they're going to show resilience on this and I would be hoping that they'd be pushing themselves and I hope that the interest levels stay there because I do find and I know we spoke about this briefly last week it's at this age that we do find girls that are twiddling away from dwindling away from Camogie so we'd hate to see that happen as well so I just hope I'm sure the lads listen Mick, Paula all the lads that are involved with the, the minor team they will surely keep the girls minds focused in there as well and you know they'll want to go on and they'll want to make their year worth something by winning something hopefully Exactly uh, and especially the B team will want to prove something yeah. as well like to, to show that they maybe should have been on the A team or show them what mm-hmm. they can do as well um, so yeah the B team just looking at the fixtures here their first game is out on the third 
of April against Westmeath and if they qualify that is a quarter final so if they qualify for the semi-final it's then on April the 16th which coincides with the same day that the semi-finals of the A start and Kilkenny have to travel to Offaly for an away game with that and Dublin has to play Wexford so a small bit away for the A team to mm-hmm. get a couple of training sessions in but uh, nevertheless it still will be nice to come away with a bit of silverware at the end of the year and show something for all the efforts and the work that you're putting in for it and silverware is always good no matter what it is Yeah, it's absolutely. great to have it in the pocket so they'll still be going to, to go out and win that competition they certainly will and I think you know the A team need to be very I think they need to be very focused on going into Leinster Championship they've got Offaly in the first round we know that they're after being recently crowned minor B champions so they're going to want to go on like they have that win and feeling in them at the moment the momentum is certainly with them so you know they're going to be brimming with confidence so it, that's going to be it's going to be a task for Kilkenny but listen I'm sure the guys you know they've had some tough days but they've had some great days so they're just going to have to push on from this and they have a couple of weeks now to get themselves right so hopefully we can see some silverware coming to them this year Exactly talking about tough days there's none more so tough than what happened in Glenburn Town yesterday now we have to say the only good thing about yesterday was actually the weather and mm. uh, that is from a Kilkenny point of view if you were a Wexford supporter or part of the Wexford management team yesterday you were absolutely delighted with the performance that went in and if we had to be neutrals yesterday we would have loved watching Wexford play that game because their style of play everything was done so well you could actually see the gulf that was there between the two teams um, and that's not been any way disrespectful mm-hmm. to Kilkenny but let's be honest we thought after the first 10 minutes oh, Jesus what, what's the score going to be at half time like yeah. are we going to be still in the game now that's credit to the girls that we were we were only two points down but realistically we were lucky in a way just to be two mm-hmm. points down um, and Wexford won't be happy that they didn't score for 23 minutes in the first half no they certainly won't I suppose like yeah when you kind of sit back and reflect on it and think about the match afterwards yeah it was a bad day for Kilkenny um, I just had a quick conversation with John after the match and he kind of said listen he was like we're not overly disappointed he like they obviously knew it was going to be a massive task like Wexford are a senior team going into it you're going back down they're going down to their backyard then as well on top of it all so you know anything that could go for Wexford went for Wexford yesterday um, it was tough for the girls um, I do think that you know some of them did really shine Roisin Phelan is just she's immense to me she was just a step above everybody on that pitch yesterday and that's including the Wexford girls as well she's just in a class of her own like she was absolutely instrumental I felt um, you know some of the girls I thought Ashen Curtis worked really well as well Ashley McCarty for such a young player I thought she did okay Shauna Tracy as well she was trying to get stuck into it but you know like this team like, she was very isolated though for an yeah, awful lot she, of that she was game. too far out I felt but I think that was the game that Wexford were playing and Kilkenny were kind of pushing themselves back down the field and I suppose like when you have a player like Shauna in full forage like you want to leave her there but then again like it was very like there was for a long time in that first half like Kilkenny couldn't get the ball past the halfway line but Wexford everything they did was so fast it was so clinical the passes were straight to the hand they were utilising their strong half uh, half forward line like Jackie Quigley started in there at number 28 and wing forward and she was just you could see her physicality was taken for the game like we mentioned it I mentioned it in the commentary you know Kira O'Connor she mightn't have got on the scoreboard which we were used to seeing her with DCU yeah. but by God the was she behind everything yeah and you could just see by Wexford they are 
senior team like everything was so fast even the way they were utilising the fast puck out um, you know the free taking from their hand they had this all learned and they had this all down to pristine condition they'll be a massive massive um, force when it comes to the Division 2 league fi- league semi-final whoever they're going to get to be honest with you Well I can answer that because the draw was done and they got Waterford Okay that's going to be a tough one yeah. It is going to be a tough one um, Well there's no venue yet either yeah. so we don't know whether it's going to be neutral or home or away if Wexford can get Waterford in their backyard mm. It's not going to be an easy task for Waterford, and we've said it at the start that okay, Waterford might be the favourites to come out of it. Yeah. But after the performance from Wexford and looking at them yesterday, they are a well-drilled machine. They certainly like, are. As you said it yourself, every one of their passes yesterday were all going to hand, or they were bouncing high enough that you could put your hand on it mm-hmm. and get everything and done it with speed. Nobody was trying to hang around yesterday. Even the pockets was done yeah. at speed. It was unbelievable. It was lovely to watch it, but yeah. like it just goes to show the training that was done with the team. Certainly was, and like even when they were kind of, would say the coast was clear nearly for them, and they were ahead, they were still kind of they were still continuing with their game plan. They never let took the, the foot off the pedal there. Yeah, like they are a good team, and like. Do you know what? They're good. I don't know if they're going to break into the top four at senior level just yet at the moment. But you know, Wexford can be very proud of themselves. Yes, they gave a masterclass there, some great players. And A. Kern was on fire for, for Wexford as well, you know, having a really, really good game. Um, yeah, so like they can all be very, very proud. Emma Welter thought was very good. Sarah O'Connor, captain's role, just kind of mopping up around the place. But yeah, Wexford can be happy that it's a tough game against them now for Washford in the semi final. Um, but Kilkenny, more importantly, you know, it's just back to the drawing board for them they've got another couple of weeks to go now before they hit the Leinster Championship and I think that's one that John will be seriously eyeing he'll be seriously eyeing um, seriously eyeing, eyeing the silverware in that one um, you know they are the current reigning holders of that competition it hasn't been played in two years yeah isn't that hard to believe yeah I know stage? isn't yeah. it um, so yeah like I think he's going to be eyeing that one and I think you know if they get a win in the Leinster Championship going into the All-Ireland Championship it's going to be a massive boost for them as well it is and I'm just looking at the uh, the fixtures here um, for Kilkenny 2 and they are in the quarterfinals on the 30th of April against Leash. Okay. Um, now we know that Leash had a very good win uh, just against Tipperary at the weekend, so yep. they're safe. They're mm-hmm. still in Division Two. Tipperary now go and play Kildare in yep. the relegation final, which you kind of did predict yep. uh, a small little bit uh, a couple of weeks ago. That's not going to be a, an easy task either. We might come to that um, very shortly, mm-hmm. but uh, Kilkenny yesterday there was some very good performances. Yep. There was a lot of stuff that didn't go right for mm-hmm. the girls either. Like we alluded to it that maybe the first touch wasn't what we would expect a Kilkenny mm-hmm. team to have their first touch. Some of the decision making and the ball passes, especially out from the defence, uh, you know, it was wayward. It was going to nobody. Um, and having just maybe Shauna Tracy in on her own for long periods of time, you could probably understand why that you were trying to stem the flow, yeah. which they did. Like for 23 minutes in the first half, they did stem that flow. I mean, Sinead pulled off a fantastic save mm-hmm. uh, from Eva Goyne that could have had Wexford 2 3 to no score up after 10 minutes. Yeah. It wasn't. They were only 1 3 to no score up. Kilkenny then got four points on the bounce, mm-hmm. you know, only the two points in it. But the second half, Wexford were just opened the floodgates and they were unbelievable they were like and I think the final 10 maybe 10-12 minutes of the first half I think that's where we kind of saw Kilkenny's best bit of hurling um, you know everything kind of came to them yeah they were I I felt they looked like a team that were very very nervous and not that they were nearly too afraid to make a mistake but I just feel like it was the pressure that Wexford were putting on them like there was 
times there in the game where like if there was one Kilkenny girl going down to the ball there was two or three Wexford girls just in on top of her they were chasing down everything you know and I felt that's where maybe like their mistakes came from it's because of the immense pressure that Wexford putting on them and that's Wexford game plan like they just want to keep pressurising you know the opposition as much as they can and you know they probably like obviously if they feel like if they can get two three girls over ball against one they're obviously going to come out with the odds there on that one um, Does yeah. the effect of playing them last year then maybe come back into the minds set because Wex were very good in that game last year in the mm-hmm. first half and blew Kilkenny out of the water Kilkenny had a great second half albeit that they couldn't really get I think it was maybe five or six points in it at the end of that game um, but does that come back into the mindset like that you played them last year they done that to us in the first half like you know maybe is that why they're a small bit cagey and maybe making the kind of mistakes that we wouldn't have seen them make um, towards the start of the league um, I don't think so I think I think they would probably have just kind of let last year kind of maybe just slide and let it off like I, I think Kilkenny knew that they were obviously coming up against a much bigger opposition than they probably have already in the league and I think that was nearly maybe a slight fear factor that they had knowing that this is a really dominant Wexford team they've probably listen those girls are don't you know they're looking up the Camogie website looking at fixtures and looking at results and looking at scorelines so they'd obviously realised that Wexford were imposing a massive threat with the scores that they were getting um, I don't think they would have dwelled too much on last year because as we know Camogie teams are changing and t- like players are changing constantly year in year out you know, you're not going to have the same intermediate team, especially, you know, for two, three years in a row because girls are constantly being like, you know, recycled up to senior. Yeah, they're moving around. Yeah, moving around, retiring, whatever the case may be. So I don't think they would have had that, maybe, I don't think they would have had that in the back of their head. I think that they were probably focused on it. I would say they were slightly disappointed, obviously, with their performance. But I think now they just have to retune themselves turn around and just get back into the Leinster Championship and get back into their groove their aim is the All-Ireland mm-hmm. let's let's call a spade a spade yep. there like there's no qualms about it their aim is to get back to Crow Park this year Well Wexford won't be there because obviously they are in the uh, O'Doffy Cup Championship mm-hmm. when we will be discussing that later on do you feel from a Wexford point of view that maybe they showed that they had something to prove that okay we knew the format coming into it and it's happened to our seniors and the minors as well the last couple of years mm-hmm. did you go and you win five games in the league which I think yeah. it was still four or five games you go through the league unbeaten you rack up a major score in the whole lot then you go into a draw and you come out and you have to play a quarter final you know there's no real incentive there then for the group stage to go and actually win it I mean you'd nearly be better off maybe not winning the coming second or mm. whatever going through the motions or whatever yeah. getting to the knockout stages and then putting your best foot forward by God what Wexford put forward yesterday like they really just kind of like they were proving something mm. to a point and I, I don't know maybe that's just me being overthinking things or that but it, it certainly looked that way from the start I think for, I think a lot for Wexford is the fact that um, the fact that they are a senior team they probably don't want to be playing in division they don't want to be playing in division two um, I think and again, I mean this, I, I really don't want to be disrespectful. I don't think they're going to break into the top four teams at senior level. And I think the Wexford management team, listen, they're going to tell the girls that they can win in All-Ireland, 100%. If they weren't telling them that, 
they shouldn't be involved with them. Let's be yeah. realistic. But I do think realistically Wexford are eyeing a Division 2 title and that will be the silverware that they need. They're still developing. There's a massive transition going on in Wexford mm-hmm. at the moment. We have seen that over the last couple of years. We've even seen it with their underage teams. They're raking up big scores. And I As think like they're eyeing... Bit, exactly. you know. I think they're eyeing up this Division 2 lead title to be the silverware that they're going to be getting this year. And I think that's what, I think that's their main aim. And I think, you know they're nearly a team that are kind of hitting championship form now for the league because they know that this is where they want to be and I think everything after that if they do win it everything after that is going to be a bonus for them Well they're coming up against Waterford as we said one of the favourites as well Mm -hmm. you could nearly pick and it's no disrespect to any of the other two teams but if you're looking at a winner on form for the two teams is there the winner is probably going to come from that game between Wexford and Waterford they were probably looking to avoid one another in yeah. the uh, the semi-final if at all possible. Mm-hmm. It's not the case. They are now have to play one another in the semi-final. It's going to be an intriguing battle. Like you're going to have Beth Carton in and Louise O'Leary which is yeah. going to be an epic uh, battle between the two of them in there. Um, you look down the, the far side then and you're going to have Mag Byrne probably in on Iona Heffernan mm-hmm. or someone at the other side. You know, and you put in the mix and you have Neve Rockish to come in then as well. Yeah. You know, in the, the forwards, you have uh, Abby Flynn that's there in the forwards for Waterford. I mean, Jackie Quigley yesterday wasn't even down to start. She was only yeah. number 28, comes in, yeah. lorded everything, got two fantastic points from play. Mm-hmm. Put your neck on the block. Who's going to win that uh, semi-final? <sighs> oh, dear God. Um... I don't know. That's a tough one. That is a really tough one. I suppose. I suppose. I think probably the quarterfinal match will stand to Wexford. I think momentum is certainly with them at the moment. Just the way everything is going in Wexford at the moment, I would have to give it to Wexford by the skin of their teeth. But listen, Washford are Washford. Waterford or Waterford, yeah. Yeah. But you're talking about incentive. Now I'm assuming it's going to be the same because I only see the fixture. Mm. Wexford are in the Division Three League Final, which has been played in Crow Park on the ninth. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming it's now going to be a double header yeah. of some sort in Crow Park. Mm-hmm. Um or even maybe a triple header depending, uh with maybe the Division Two or Three or whichever. And if Wexford is there with one team, yeah. Wexford are going to want the second team to be playing there as well. So who knows? That could be a, a bigger incentive for them to get there. It certainly will. And if you've got two teams that are playing in Crow Park, you know that the crowd is going to be even bigger than any other. It is actually in Crow Park. I've yeah. just checked so it. So yeah. any other support there, you know, it should be massive. And it'd be another big, massive day for Wexford again, getting to another, playing in another all final. They're kind of becoming used to going back and playing in Crow Park now over the last couple of years. Um, so yeah, it'll be, listen, it's going to be a huge You're still day not telling me though who's winning. And go Wexford. By the skin of their teeth. You're going Wexford. I'm going Wexford. Okay, well, we go to the opposite end of the scale then uh, on that. But before we... Who's Wexford going to play then? Cork and Antrim, obviously, in the... uh the second semi-final I mean Cork has got there Antrim got the boy with Waterford uh, into the semi-final Antrim topped their group in group three so out of them I know who I'd be picking Like I really want to go for Antrim but I just think Cork could be on a massive momentum as well at the moment I think Antrim will Yeah I mean, we'll I, go Antrim. yeah, I, I well, yeah. that's just me, like, but I, yeah. I think they're going so well. They have had the the two teams have been going very well mm-hmm. as well. You know, all training, great buzz uh, coming out of the place. They've probably been unlucky in the yeah. last two league findings at Division Two, um, that they've just been pipped to the post. Mm-hmm. So, 
I don't know. I just uh, I feel they'll win the semi final and come up again Wexford. Yeah. Um. But Listen, I, we'll go. We'll I go don't think though that they they would win the the final. I think if it's no, going. I I, I, I still so. think whoever comes out of the Wexford Waterford game is going to win the, the Division yeah. Two title the this year. The only thing is, like, if it is in Crow Park, the, all those Antrim girls have the experience of winning in Crow Correct. Park as a, already from being there last year. And you can't beat experience you cannot there, experience, no. Especially in Crow Park, like it can be quite overwhelming when you get there for any player. And I suppose these girls they're used to it and they're used to winning there as well. Um, you know, and I'm sure there's probably a, maybe a handful of the Wexford team that were on the junior panel last year that won the All Ireland. But you're probably looking. I wouldn't say there's many. Antrim girls that aren't from the panel last year there that are currently on this year's panel so they have that experience there of getting to Crow Park and winning in Crow Park and that could stand to a team on the on the day of a big final Well we're certainly going to enjoy waiting for that one mm-hmm. um, to come around the as we were saying then the opposite scale of the thing uh, you obviously have Leash as we said earlier is safe Tipperary and Kildare then is going to be playing in the relegation final mm-hmm. we know we have some of the Mentors with the minors involved with Kildare as well. So we have a small little bit of interest uh, in that. Joe Quaid, of course, is the manager up there. So it's not an easy one to call that one now. It's not. What? To be fair, like I do think, and I said it last week as well, I just, I have a serious fear for Tipperary at the moment. I do think they will be going down and they will be playing Division 3 next year. Now, who's to say, you know, what kind of a team Kildare will put out? But I, I just don't know what it is. If you're to go on form and form solely, I just don't feel Tipperary have got that bite there that yet this year. And they are going to be competing at junior level as well in the All-Ireland. And, and I think the lads, listen, the lads are probably getting more and more game times out of them. And they're, the management team, I'm sure, are very very new to the setup as well, but I I don't I cannot see I can't see uh, Tipperary beating Kildare on the day on that in that match. No, mm, yeah, I I still think Kildare has been like they've been in the All Ireland final at intermediate level in mm-hmm. Crow Park as well. Yeah, they have the experience of it. Um, like you said, just something is not going right. Mm-hmm. Um, for Tipperary at the minute with the Division Two team, we know. The Division 1 team was unlucky to lose out to yep. Galway a couple of weeks ago, albeit through controversial circumstances, yeah. if you're to believe people. Um, but I, I yeah, I, I, Kildare possibly for me as well, just to, to nudge at that little bit of a, yeah. to, to stay in the Division 2, which probably for them, because I mean, Tip is up in Division 1 mm-hmm. anyway, but for Kildare to progress, um, mm-hmm. you know, and to move along and keep playing as competitively as they can mm-hmm. they kind of have to be staying up in the the top two tiers which is uh, one and two and at the minute they're two so they, they'll want to stay there for next year Yeah I think they need to stay there for the, for any sort of development we can kill their camogie you know like we said it before like they have competed in you know intermediate All-Ireland semi-finals intermediate finals like they've done like they have been there for the last couple of years and you know whatever it is about them you know the last maybe year or two I don't think they deserve to go down to Division 3 if I'm honest um, but listen you know anything could happen on the day you, you, you can't put tip down at all by any cost nope. um, because they could come out all guns blazing but I do feel like I do feel like it will be Kildare that will be staying up Division 2 Well we will have to wait with bated breath and see mm-hmm. how that one is going to go Obviously the big news at uh, today is the announcement of 
a new sponsorship for the Camogie All-Ireland Championships. As people may know, Liberty Insurance pulled the plug on the sponsorship um, a couple of years ago, so there was no sponsor for the championship uh, last year. But on Monday, March the 28th, which was today, it was announced that Carmen Nocton and Glenn Dimplex are pleased to announce their joint sponsorship of the Camogie Association Championships for a five-year period for 2022 to 2027. Now, we know this is part of of the GAA's commercial team because they have taken over um, the running of the Camogie commercial end of things as well. So, um, yeah, I suppose great news for the Camogie Association. It's great to have a title sponsor mm-hmm. um, there. You know, it's going to be a mouthful probably to try and uh, think of it. But, yeah, obviously the senior is going to be the Glen Dimplex Senior All-Ireland Championship which brings us next to, obviously, the draws that was also done as well yep. today. Um, some intriguing draws came out of that. So we're going to go through the senior first, and that is, of course, the O'Duffy Cup Championship, um, which is the senior teams. And in Group 1, we have uh, Cork, because obviously the two teams get into the other and final are kept separate, like so they're kind of seeded. So last year, Cork and Galway got to the final. So in Group 1, we have Cork, Tipperary, Waterford, Wexford, Dublin and Clare. Mm-hmm. that's a tough group in itself mm-hmm. you then move to group 2 which obviously has Kilkenny in it and you have Galway Kilkenny Down Antrim Limerick and Offaly yeah it doesn't get any easier there either so the format for this year's championship is there is 12 teams there is two groups of 6 obviously the top team in each of the groups whoever topped the table will go straight through into the semi-final and teams 2 and 3 will go into the quarterfinals as it has been with the last a uh, couple of years previously before COVID um, and that struck down so a uh, couple of more matches to be played in the championship this year but throw your picture over both of those groups um, and see how I know we're moving a bit ahead of ourselves yeah. in this because we still have Leinster to go for us, but since it was announced today and it's right here in front of us, throw your eyes over that and give us your thoughts. Um, okay, I think in group one, realistically, you're going to have definitely Cork and Tipperary are going to come out of that group. Uh, group two, you're definitely going to have Galway and Kilkenny. Well, you have three now coming yeah. out of the group. So you have three. So the third place, really, for me, in group two, I think it is going to be. Antrim are down and I'm going to go Antrim. Big call there, yeah. I'm going to go Antrim. And then in group one, I'm going to go Wexford. So I think... That's an even bigger call. So I think Cork, Tipperary and Wexford and I think Galway, Kilkenny and Antrim are going to come out of the group. Okay. There. Who's going to top each group? Of course you'd ask that. Of course I do. It's my <laughs> job to ask the difficult questions. I think Cork will potentially top group one. I would love to know if it's a home or away game between Kilkenny and Galway. Which I we think, don't know yet. I think that's going to be a massive influence on who's going to top that game, to be honest with you. I think if Kilkenny have to travel to Galway, I think Galway will top the group. But I think if Kilkenny can get Galway at home, I think Galway will or Kilkenny will top the group. And that's the way I'm going to go with that. Okay, interesting. Yeah. yeah. So if we could anyway at all get a home venue against Galway, it would be great. <laughs> well, I don't know what way if that's we going. Could, if we could throw in a few brown envelopes <laughs> through the door there in the Camogie Association. But yeah, no, I think that's the way it's going to go. I think um, I think Wexford and Antrim, and I like, and I know I kind of feel like I'm completely writing off Waterford here altogether, but I just, I don't know what it's, but I don't think Wexford will break into the, I don't think Wexford will break into the top four, but I do think that they will be con- uh, contending in a quarter final anyway. 
Okay, interesting thoughts. Mm. And I'll be completely wrong as well. Well, I, I, I don't know. Lots of the predictions have come uh, true, in fairness, because we haven't even got to the All-Stars yet. Oh, actually, I must actually, we'll, we'll mention that shortly when we're finished with the uh, the rest of it. So in the Intermediate Championship, then, we have the same structure. There is 12 teams, two groups of six. In Group 1, we have Westmeath and Galway, Carlo, Leash, Dublin and Kerry. So great to see Kerry up in the Intermediate Championship. Uh, and in the Group Group two, then you have Kilkenny, Meath, Derry, Cork, Kildare and Wexford. And as somebody said to me earlier on today, Kilkenny could find it hard to get out of group two. Very difficult. It's a very, very difficult group considering, I suppose, like, listen, yeah, the top two teams go through, but there is three teams from each group will go through and Kilkenny haven't played Meath, Derry, Cork. You know, I think that's going to be, I think they're going to be massive games for Kilkenny. I think Kilkenny will really have to be going. They can't afford to kind of rest on their laurels in the first game out. Um, It would be great if they got a victory in the first game and give them a bit of confidence. But to me, like, I think, like, if you're looking at group one, I think Galway are going to coast through that. But group two, I think it's going to be a difficult group for Kilkenny. But listen, these Kilkenny girls, their aim is to get back to Crow Park. They've done it. They did it the tough way last year as well. So, like, they certainly will be making sure that they can put on. I think, you know, I think really it is between the top four there. Kilkenny, Meath, Derry and Cork. Um, And I think your All-Ireland winner is going to come out of group two as well. I can't like no and no disrespect to the to any teams in group one, but I just think that um I think it's it's an easier group nearly to come out of group one. And again, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but if I was a management if I was a manager of any if any of the teams in group one, I'd be happy I got that group. Well, certainly it's going to be intriguing and uh looking at a couple of draws that's there again depending mm-hmm. on where those games are going to be could have a bearing uh on the matter. I wouldn't like to be going into... Now, again, there's no draws done here, so yeah. we're only speculating at this point. I would not like to be going up against Derry yeah. and expecting to try and get a result to qualify out of the group, yeah. especially um, because we know that Meath have been going very well. So has Derry and Cork in the intermediate in the Division 2 league yeah. um, currently. Like so, it is not going to be an easy group. No, it's certainly not. It's going to be a very, very tough group for them. But I and think you throw Wexford into the mix yeah, as well then exactly. with the, uh, the junior winners coming up to intermediate this year. Yeah, like, you know, it's going to be another tough game for them as well. But I do think, I think this is where, you know, the, the league match against Wexford and I think the Leinster Championship I think this is where that's going to stand to Kilkenny in preparation for these games you know it's going to give John and Brendan and all the lads a lot more time to you know get girls out and give them proper competitive games so I think that's what's going listen they're not they're not going to be overjoyed by the group but by God they're not going to let it get to them at all like at the end of the day when you look at the rest of the teams in it they're all chasing Kilkenny they know that Kilkenny were in all Ireland final last year so they're kind of saying to themselves right that that's the level that we need to be up to it is a very difficult group but if you want to win in all Ireland you have to beat every single team and that's about the size of it yeah exactly well we will have to wait and see what happens when it comes uh, later on in the year. Uh, those games, of course, will be starting in June, I think it is, without looking at the, the fixtures exactly, because this press release was literally um, only announced uh, this afternoon from the Camogie Association. So um, it's great to be able to see that. Uh, and just checking down through, um, no, just that, uh, yeah, tickets uh, will all be sold. And again, all Camogie matches, uh, the same as the GAA this year, will be all ticketed um, affairs, which has its own problems. Now, I want to mm-hmm. get your thoughts on this as well, right? Because 
we've heard it last weekend when it came to the hurling semi-finals and especially the games in Nolan Park and this is not berating Kilkenny GA now or anything that way because obviously it comes down from Crow Park with the rules and the whole lot but there is an awful lot of older people giving yeah. out at the minute that they're not going online to buy tickets mm-hmm. because to go online through Ticketmaster or whatever you have to have a Ticketmaster account mm-hmm. number one to go on and buy the tickets there is nowhere for a senior citizen to turn up on the day to purchase a ticket even to have one cash booth or something at a venue not possible you have to have a venue and I actually seen online recently that it was one of the Dublin footballers was after travelling down to Killarney mm-hmm. when Kerry in Dublin was playing and he didn't realise it at the time that it was an all-ticketed affair. When he got down there, he was a refused entry because he didn't have a ticket mm-hmm. and he was after driving all the way down from Dublin to Killarney and he said to himself when he went to try and get on the line as well to buy the ticket, he couldn't do it. So he said to hell with that and that was it. Yeah. I think I think um, this thing of buying tickets online, I think it's deterring a lot of people going to the matches to be fair and as you said, in particular, like, older people um, I just think it's I think for them you know it is very hard like they don't have the Ticketmaster accounts they don't have you know they don't want to like they're not some of them aren't very you know um, you know tech savvy like they're not used to like using computers or using iPads or using iPhones and even like things some like, of them don't even use bank cards no, never mind they use don't. a smartphone and, and then you have you go down the other line of like there's so much got to do with like online fraud and internet fraud and like you know I just I just think it's wrong like and I, listen I know it's the day and age that we're living in and we have to go all move up at the times and all that but for the sake of having one person in a little boot to give out tickets you know it wouldn't cost a lot the amount of money that's pumped in that people go to get games to see every year surely to God there's one person that could stay in the boot for an hour before the game and just take the fiver or the tenner whatever the case may be and give a little slip of paper or to get into the match I just think I think it is deterring a lot of people from going to the match I think it's turning away crowds as well because um, a lot of people just don't like doing online shopping that's just the way it is they don't like doing plus it plus the fact it depends on weather conditions as well yeah, right? Exactly. you take it last weekend it was a fantastic day sun was shining a lot of people are saying to themselves nowhere to go what are we going to do? Well, okay, we'll go and watch the hurling match. Mm. Whether that was Saturday night in Cork or whether it was yesterday in Nolan Park for the other semi-final. Yeah. There's a lot of people in this day and age don't decide to go to matches Mm -hmm. until the day of the match. Exactly, yeah. And they have to be accommodated. Like People are saying, oh, the GAA is where we all belong. Mm, Right? But that mantra is not being applied when it comes to people who don't want to go online because of online fraud or Mm -hmm. whatever they want to be able to go to see a person that can get a ticket and give them either the money or whatever and every stadium in the country at the minute has a decent ticket office that's well secured it's well guarded like I mean the amount of stewards guardy the whole lot that are at all these big games it wouldn't be a big hubbub I suppose or a big ordeal to have a set place that you can say to senior citizens or whatever okay you can come you can go to the ticket office yeah. you can buy your ticket there go then to the turnstile or whatever and get in and go to the game yeah like I don't see what to be honest with you I don't see what the harm in it is I think like I do think it would be a lot easier for other, for a lot of other people and I suppose listen if the GA don't have the facilities to have that like you know could we not go back to the day where like the tickets are sold in like Centre or done stores or you know one of these things like um, you know get the, get them more being sold into those places and advertise that maybe more whatever the case may be but yeah and as we said this is not a, a no, county board not decision a kick at anybody. so 
maybe the GEA should be leaving it to the individual county board that's mm-hmm. maybe hosting games that if they are able to accommodate something like that that they should be allowed to do it because currently they're not yeah. so if somebody went out and sold a few tickets or whatever they're not supposed to be able to do it so you're actually turning patrons away from going into the game and you're also turning away revenue mm-hmm. let's be honest because they want to get people in to watch the games if not, somebody is going to, just going to sit at home on the television. There's nobody going to turn up to go to games. No. Then we have a bigger problem. Yeah, and I think that's what's going to happen a lot more and a lot more because of it. I think a lot of people are just going to, for handiness sake, they are going to be staying at home because, you know, it is got to a stage where we are trying to live broadcast a lot more matches now between across across all codes like Gaelic football, ladies football, hurling and camogie. We are trying to uh, broadcast all these games uh, to, to the wider audience. So if more games are going to be, you know, shown on television and people not being able to turn up on the day to buy a ticket you know it it is going to happen and we're not going to get people into stands and stadiums Yeah well it's certainly not keeping with the uh, the inter-county 8,000 people I think turned up in uh, Nolan Park yesterday which was fantastic Mm -hmm. and great spectacle of hurling there as well but it was a big night for the Intercounty Stars because after they were announced last November, they eventually got, after all COVID was uh, discarded and people were able to get back out and celebrate, the All Stars Awards took place last Friday night in the Osprey Hotel in Kildare. Kilkenny done well enough I suppose yeah. you know when you look at the soaring stars you mentioned earlier on Roisin Phelan yeah. got a soaring star for mm-hmm. full back she was joined by Neve Lahey who mm-hmm. had one in the cornerback position we had two in the half back line we had Sarah Crowley yeah. and we had Leanne Fenley and going through it then there was no one in midfield and no one in the forward so all of our soaring stars came from the back line yeah, and I think, you know, when you look at Kilkenny's performances last year, our, our backs were completely solid. Um, you know, obviously Sarah Crowley was going to get one. You know, she was obviously nominated for the um, Player of the Year as well. Um, and absolutely delighted for her, thrilled for her. I think she came back, uh, when she came back to the inter-county scene last year, I think she came with a whole new lease of life and she mm-hmm. had this newfound energy about her. Um, you know, Leanne Fenley again, you know, what a story those two girls have had coming back from Australia, going straight back into an inter-county scene and winning Soaring Stars, which is excellent for them. And I suppose it's their years that they've given to Kilkenny Camogie. It's nice for them to get some sort of a recognition as was it for Roisin Phelan and Neve Lahey those girls they were there in 2016 at full back and wing back to go back again get to an All-Ireland final last year and they thoroughly deserve the recognition that they got it was great to see the four girls getting it and it's really good for Kilkenny as well to see those four to see girls um, getting recognised for our last year's championship campaign Just on that thought as well because again it was said in passing um, I won't say by who or whatever there's some of those girls was there in 2016. Mm-hmm. They won the All-Ireland Intermediate Final and that hasn't made the breakthrough into senior ranks. You know, they've been hanging around for a while and the whole lot and it's great to get the accolades and the whole lot but you're a player on that and you're not being picked to go up to the senior level. Do you stay um, and keep fighting the spot at the intermediate level or do you think to yourself, well okay, well, obviously I don't think that I'm good enough because I'm not being picked to go at the senior level. Um, I'm just going to maybe keep to the club and stay where I am. Or do you actually enjoy it and you have camaraderie and you're still putting in the same effort as you were playing in a senior team with the intermediate? Where do you stand on people and the length of time that they spend on, with say, inter-county teams if they're not being picked for the senior level to make the breakthrough through? 
I think I think first of all it's a personal decision for some of those girls I think they prefer to play at intermediate level um, I think that's their comfort zone and they enjoy it they enjoy the tough training they want to be part of a team it's like their first love for it um, and you know uh, I the, those those two particular girls they they're there because they want to be there and I'm not picking names yeah. now, I'm just talking in general, yeah, in general as well in case that any of yeah. them think that I am I'm um, not I think you know either of those girls would easily walk onto a senior team in the morning but I do think it's probably their own personal choice as well um, and I think you know they are they're real leaders and I think you know they're they're not just happy going back to play with their club because they want to play at that extra bit of a level and you know every every intermediate team always needs a golden oldie on it as well yeah. to you know to keep them to have that experience there that's, and that's the one thing I've always enjoyed about intermediate you've always had that kind of a good blend between like the real youth from the from a minor team to you know some senior girls that are maybe there for the last couple of years um yeah, like I get it for some people. Yeah, they would like to move on to the senior, but I do think it is everyone's personal choice as well. Like, and you know, I do think I don't. I don't think it's a matter of girls not being picked. Like, I do think it is a, their personal choice to stay to stay playing at intermediate. It they're still donning the Kilkenny jerseys. They're still getting to represent their club, their counties, their families. Like you know, and then to to me, I think the two awards for those two particular girls and again we're not mentioning anybody no, 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 for no, those no. two particular this girls. This is just in general yeah, across the board. Well, was well and truly overdue for yes. the two of them because they and have we been said it when we were watching patrons, the games as well. Yeah. yeah, serious patrons to Kilkenny Camogie and in particular to the intermediate teams as well over the last couple of years. Exactly and as I said earlier on this is not having to go at anybody yeah. it's just putting a question out that was said to us and mm-hmm. this is a Camogie yeah. podcast that we discuss everything in yeah. it so when something like that crops up I would throw it at you yeah. to see what your opinion <laughs> Is, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not us putting our opinions or anything forward on it. Yeah. We are delighted for all of our soaring stars. Yeah. And congratulations to each and every one of them. Well deserved. Which brings us on to the senior mm-hmm. uh, awards then as well. And it was great to see that Kilkenny were also represented. Mm-hmm. Galway did top the, the honours, of course, with eight. Um, I don't think that is a record. It possibly might be, or if not a joint record, but still it was great to get A's All-Stars if you're Galway. Um, they had the goalkeeper, they had the cornerback and the fullback. We obviously had Davina, yeah. then in the other corner, which you did say, all right. Um, oh no, it's a Colette. Oh, did you put Colette in? I put Colette in all right. I'm devastated. Now, now <sighs> obviously a massive congratulations to Davina. She does well and truly deserve her All-Star award, but I was devastated for Colette. I did think she would get in there as well. Well, congratulations, Davina. But sure, yeah, it's a tough pick, and I don't know who so picked tough. these. I mean, we yeah. always have our opinions in the whole lot. In the half back line, then we had Megan Farrell, mm-hmm. who was nominated. Now you left her out of I the did. team the last I time, but you out. said, "How could you leave Megan yeah. Farrell out of it?" She did pick up the All Star uh, on Friday night, um, and then we moved to the forward line, and we had Denise Gall, who mm-hmm. was nominated at wing forward, and of course we yeah. had Katie Nolan. Yeah. Of course, the person here beside me is grinning last Friday night like a Cheshire cat mm. she had a smile on her face um, but we said it all along that Katie Nolan was immense um, come 2020 and she was also immense last year as yeah. well so if anybody uh, deserved an all-star all for yeah. the work that she put in it was certainly Katie Nolan and you know what that's just it Like, and obviously congratulations to Davina, Meg and Denise as well But yeah, it, there was others that was guaranteed yeah, exactly. <laughs> all-stars as well you know I think it's just I think it's just the fact that it was Katie like you know she has worked so hard on herself over the last couple of years she like lives and breathes Camogie and to me she's so 
underrated, underrated because and I mean this in the nicest way yeah. possible right she probably hasn't got one of the big names mm-hmm. that you would expect someone like Cork or Galway mm-hmm. um, you know like Sarah Dervin yeah. or even like Hales to a certain degree when mm-hmm. she was there as well um, Katie just goes about her business the yeah. very same she's so quiet you know she, you wouldn't know that she was there yeah. but by Jesus when she's out on the field like she's a real terrier altogether yeah. she's committed she's a 100% committed if you had 15 Katie Nolans on the team you'd be laughing every day of the week like you would like and you know I've had the pleasure of not just playing with her I've unfortunately had to play against her but I've yeah, also that was fun that was great fun but I've also had the pleasure of being involved with the management team when we were over her and she's one girl she'll never let you down like she'd have us in the knots laughing she's a serious character as well she's a great great kid and I'd say if you asked her to play on goal she'd go in and she'd she'd play on goal she'd do absolutely anything for you she's brilliant you know she she really does absolutely deserve it and I can I seen a lovely picture actually she put it up on her Instagram today and it was the last one it's a picture of her mum giving her a hug just as her name was announced and it was lovely and you could see like they're at every single match they don't miss a match for her like um, yeah so it's great to see and a massive massive honour for Katie as well but in that great though for somebody like uh, Helen and her dad's name who eludes me at the minute and it shouldn't really come on Lil um, help me out here Shem yeah yeah. Um, sorry Shem uh, mind blank which has happened to me an awful lot lately <laughs> this week I can tell you um, but yeah you know the diehards um, that keep going uh, are you sure that is it now because no you're telling me false information here now so yeah and you're you're supposed to be the good producer there now um, but anyway we will come to that in a second because I will get it right but it's great for all the diehard fans to be able to go and you know as a family yeah. go and support the people who are there in the backgrounds that you don't see they're there for your bad days when yeah. you get beaten or you go home yeah. they're there to pick you up they're there to celebrate with you on the good days yeah. um, and help you through it and they're the undeserved uh, you know the unsung heroes yeah. that's in the background that people don't talk about but they're a strategic part of every team up and down the country mm-hmm. from under sixes under sevens all the way up until you finish playing in your career and you probably at the very same yeah. at home as well oh absolutely like you know they started off you know driving us halfway around the country and bringing us to training three four nights a week to you know you could be in Mullinavat on a Friday you could be up in Erlingford on a Tuesday and then you could be in the middle of Kilkenny City on the on the Friday and you're after getting up there it just came to me Seamus that's terrible Shame. isn't it Shame. Yeah, well. it's all the same um, but yeah I'm so dead the next time he sees me no but it was like it was really good like it is really good and like you know every single one of those girls that are inside on the county team and you know in every team they always have it's great that they have such a backing from parents and parents literally like eat and breathe it like and you know uh, for a lot of the girls to achieve what they have it co- it's all starts from the roots at home and you know how that they're pushed at home and you know how they're supported at home and, it, and it's great to see like because it's yeah okay it might be an award for Katie and Davina and Meg and Denise but it's also an award for their family as well because you know it's a lot of commitment you have to give up a lot of things and you know it's it's kind of like the icing on the cake at the end of the year when you get something something so prestigious like that I suppose the big elephant in GA family circles at the minute is what's going on in the GPA um, in relation to the hurlers and the expenses row um, that's going on and possibly the threat of pulling players out of games uh, that's been televised live um, and the whole lot you're part of an era that wasn't part of the GPA for a long time Mm -hmm. 
you were there when players weren't getting expenses yep. for camogie players did it actually cost camogie players money to be part of a camogie team recently that has changed and yep. there is a certain amount of expenses that's being paid to camogie players but you're a manager as well um, where do you stand and I'm not talking about the, the hurlers but I'm talking about in general because the, the GPA and you know everything is covered now under camogie uh, yeah. they're all amalgamated and the whole lot so where do you stand on uh, on that at the minute okay so yeah like <laughs> when I was playing um, you know we didn't have the we didn't obviously have like expenses paid to us or anything like that you know it was very late on <laughs> before I finished up that we were even getting dinners after trainings and things like that and you know I, I do get it. I do think that, you know, the way camogie and hurling and everything has gone this day is that there's a massive, there's a huge amount of commitment in it. And it's kind of, even though it's not professional yet, it more or less is. It's nearly gone semi-professional yeah, exactly. at this stage. Um, but if you're a manager and you're a camogie player, right? And again, every manager sets out their stall at the start of each year of how many sessions that you are doing. Do you think that it's right that a cap should be put on the amount of sessions again that you can get paid for um, now no. again this this is not the same in Camogie because the Camogie yeah. doesn't get paid per session or um, yeah. whatever way it is like um, so where would you if that was to come into it and players had to to pick between okay you're going to get paid for four sessions you're going to get paid for three sessions or whatever and the rest of it then is done at your own time um you know, I think, I'm sorry I just think it's crazy I really do I just think it's I think it's crazy I think if you're playing the game and you're playing the, you're playing for the love of the game that you're going to go to four sessions a week because you're, even if you're only getting paid for two of them or whatever the case may be and I think that's you know the, the kind of the voluntary aspect of it the real old Irish Gaelic tradition that we have with the GA is going to come out of it if this is if this is what's going to be brought forward I get it people obviously the cost of fuel and the whole lot has gone mad recently and I get it that people are driving the length and breadth of the country to come back to training to go to matches at the weekend and it is only right that they, they are being offered something but I do think I don't think we should have like I don't think players should be turning around saying sorry I'm I'm not playing that match because you're not paying me for it I just mm. we're not we're not in the Premier League here we're in an All Ireland Championship in in Ireland like we're not we're not over we're not earning like five hundred thousand a week like some of our soccer players are like it's it's a voluntary game it's the GEA you know we're born and bred into this like yeah okay we should be happy with all the new things that we're getting and you know that we are being offered something because if you look to some of the players the hurl, I guarantee if you said it to an inter-county hurler that was on a hurling team 50 years ago and you told him that you're not going to tug out because you're not getting paid I'm telling you he'd probably come after you with hurling and bait you with it if that's the carry-on that's going to be in it and that's just my opinion on it yeah. Sorry <laughs> No, no, no it's, it's fine and it's intriguing to get your thoughts on it um, mm. and the whole lot Do you feel that the amateur status of the GA family because everyone and I include everyone on this because it's Gaelic football ladies football the whole lot there is supposed to be an amateur ethos and status that's there that has been going back since 1904 with the Camogie 1884 with the GAA when it was started all them years ago in the whole lot do you feel that the amateur status is under threat? Yeah, I do. I do think it is. And I think they need to make a decision on it if we're either an amateur sport or we're a professional. There's none of this in the middle semi-professional. I think they need to make a decision on what it's going to be. 
And I think... But looking at that and I can understand where you're coming going, from. It's going to be crazy if it happens. It is. And where do you stop? Because you you've alluded to soccer that's there already or football, whatever you want mm. to call it. I mean, the amount of money that's now going involved in that with fees for transfers yeah. or whatever, players getting 500 odd thousand a week or whatever in it. Like if you start going with that with the GA, is it going to lose its appeal? Because it has been since its foundation, the grassroots that you yeah. start off in your club at underage, you progress up through the club. If you're lucky enough then to get picked for county, it's a privilege mm-hmm. then to go and put your county jersey on you, represent your county, try and win an All-Ireland final and then go back and play with your club as well. Yeah, I think I think the GA, I think everybody would lose their identity on it, to be honest with you. And I think the appeal would be gone for it. And I don't think we'd have as many young lads down the hurling field baiting the ball around, you know. Like you well, let me ask you, OK, and because you were uh, uh, still a club player, OK, yeah. a former manager, you're mm-hmm. a former inter-county player as well. If you were told that, OK, you have to, if you want to play inter-county, mm-hmm. you have to go down the route of either semi-professional or professional, would you do it? Or are they going to give me a wage like they're giving Cristiano Ronaldo because I'll do that no problem at all um, would I do it we see that's the problem when you're talking yeah. about wage. what do you set a wage at then but see this is it like and then like I, I think you're just going to break the GA if that happens like and then we're not going to have like but that means then if a, if a young lad wants to go to a hurling match in Crow Park or Nolan Park in the morning instead of paying 10 or 15 euro they're probably going to have to pay 110 or 115 euro yeah. and this is this is what's going to happen like you go in you buy a jersey inside an Elvries or Intersport or, or anywhere at all like and you know instead of paying like the 60 euro for it it's going to be 160 euro mm-hmm. you know if that's the case, if that's the road we're going to go down that means everything that we're going to be doing in life that is associated with the GA if they're going to have to double treble their prices because they have to pay for they have to pay for the players it also means that you're not going to have like it also means that you're potentially not going to have a panel of 40 players that you might you have you'll have to reduce your panel because like who's going to fund it like the counties aren't going to be able to fund it like, no, but then you're going to have a problem like if you go the route of either semi professional or professional are they then going to be allowed to play club no, they they probably you shouldn't. You know, like. so I mean, you're no. going to put the detrimental yeah. end of things on the club player yeah, so and each club down. as well. Like yeah. so, the whole thing could collapse. It, it should, but like. <sighs> And I suppose like at the moment, you know, technically they are semi-professional because, you know, they do get paid for expenses or whatever the case may be. But I'd hate for the professional. I think it would just, I think the GA would just lose our identity altogether. Like, you know, I think when it comes to professional status. And we are talking about this in the sense of GA. When we say GA, it's the family yeah, of all four sports lot, like, together yeah, and not, not just, just the hurling and the football. Yeah. I just, I don't, I don't think it'd be right. Listen, I suppose for the players that are obviously elite players and they're absolutely, they're, you know, they're on the top of their game and, you know, they're the best in the country. It would obviously be a massive bonus for them. No problem at all. Yeah, but, but would you enjoy doing a, it? No, I wouldn't. Personally, I wouldn't. You'd have to give up your whole life. You're scrutinised then. Like, it's bad enough that, you know, a lad can probably walk down the road in Kilkenny without a hundred young lads running after him now looking for an autograph. Imagine if but you... But you see it after all, yeah, the, it does the, all the games and at I the know, weekend. And I know that, and I know that we're very lucky. I think the whole that's the whole idea of the GA that kids are actually allowed running onto the pitch. They're allowed to get the autographs. The lads stand there. They do let them take it. But if you were to go that, to that professional, sure, they wouldn't get a kid inside in Nolan Park ever yeah. again. Like, you wouldn't. They'd all be they'd all be going around. There'd be stewards lined up left, right and centre. It would, it would close off the whole community top to the sport I think and I think that's where they'd completely lose their identity altogether it should become like it'd be just the one man show like and there wouldn't be anything got to do with your grassroots your family your communities your parishes your county I think that would all be gone personally well 
Certainly interesting times mm. ahead. Sorry for throwing that one at you now the, right. this evening. All but right, Martin, you know, worry, I'll get you back. Before you go off on yeah. your uh, holidays, yeah. well, it's not, it's the funny moon because yeah. obviously this is going to be your last podcast mm-hmm. for um, a while as well. It's hard to believe that we're actually on episode nine uh, already of this year's uh, podcast. It has flown by. Um, but yeah, uh, interesting times ahead for yourself and Stephen. You're obviously going off to get hitched next weekend. So yeah. the plans are going well so far for it? Ah, sure, they're going all right. Hopefully he'll turn up and maybe I won't turn up. You never know. I know you'll always turn up because you <laughs> um, never let anyone down now in fairness. Um, ah yeah, everything's going well and sure listen, we'll see how it goes. We'll, we'll enjoy ourselves over the next couple of weeks. And the honeymoon as well. You have lots planned for it and I'm not going to give it out on air where you are going but I'm telling you one thing, jealous uh, is one word of it with the the places that you're going to but as we did say in commentary yesterday the very best of luck to yourself and to Stephen I don't think he knows what he's getting himself in for being honest with him Um, (laughs) but uh, oh have you decided on the debate yet with the the name whether you're changing his name now to Fahi or whether you're going to Farrell or are we going to be the modern family and stay exactly as we are well I will always be known as Anya Fahi and so he'll just have to jump on well you will to us anyway and he'll have to become Stephen Fahey and that's about the size of it now at that stage Oh God what have we opened up here at all this evening but anyway the joys of it all you never know what you're going to get on Come On Kind but it has been a blast as always and hopefully you are still enjoying uh, all of the podcasts as we said Anya is away on our Holly Bobs um, for the next couple of weeks we were hoping to be joined by uh, Paula Dowling in studio Paula will be taking over from Anya's duties uh, for the podcast for uh, a little while um, and maybe for uh, a commentary or two then while she's missing uh, as well but we're certainly not going to replace her there's never replacing <laughs> Anya when it comes to these things but don't forget as always if you do enjoy our podcast to get them from all your usual podcast outlets the podcast will be up on the KCLR 96FM app and on scoreline.ie of course during the week as well and we look forward to next week's episode with myself and Paula Dowling will be back in studio with us next week but until we see Anya again it's goodbye from her and thanks very much enjoy and we will see you all next week see you then this is Come On Kind with Martin Quilty and Onya Fahey. Yeah!